who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. Please advise, I'm Malls. You guys, if you like what you hear on today's podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes. We love it so much, and we hope you leave us a review. Five stars, please. Thanks. We have kind of a cool guest today, Guy Andor Kaiser. I found him the way that you find any straight married man in Los Angeles. You dig through Twitter until you finally find one, and then you hope he's following you, and you DM him, because you certainly probably don't know any. I'm guessing. I know very few married people, and I never see children. Never. Like, today in a bakery parking lot, I saw a child. But mostly, I just see other degenerates. Yeah, it's so exciting when you do, though. Yeah. Um. So congratulations for being asked on the pod and for being here. Thank you. Um. We want to get to know you. And the way that we get to know people on this show is we ask them their, their fears. Okay. I think your fears say a lot about you. Do sure. you agree? Yeah. Okay, so it's 50 fears. Game's called Do You Fear That? Okay. Your answer is yes or no. Okay. Deep space. No. Fire. No. Food in countries you've never been to. Sometimes. The dark. Do I have to just say yes or no? Am I doing it wrong? No, you're doing it right. You can expand on the answer a little if you want to. Thank you, yeah. Especially if you're extra terrified of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, The dark. No. Unexpectedly seeing a naked adult. Uh... No, I guess it would depend on the situation. Clowns. No, not at all. Sleeping alone. No, I love it. Getting caught talking to yourself in the car. Not really. Little person porn. Uh, no. Germs. No. Saying a new word out loud for the first time. Nope. The idea that you might be the only person in your friend group who doesn't understand the movie you just saw. No. First dates. Uh, 
No, I don't think so. Finding out that you've been suffering from a severe mental illness your entire life. Uh, I don't think so, no. Watching mold grow on nature shows. Nope. What you'll see when you look in the mirror. <laughs> no. Lena Dunham's success. No. Dancing in public. Yes. Singing in public. Yes, absolutely. Missing out on events slash parties. No. Having to go to events slash parties. Nope. That you're a fraud. Uh, tiny bit. That no one would ever romantically love you if your face got burned off with acid. No. Mispronouncing someone's name every time you see them and never being corrected. No. Spending a week in Times Square. Um, no. Contracting an STD. No. Blindly reaching into a bag of jelly beans and putting one in your mouth without looking at it. No. Going through TSI. Uh, what is that? Going through TSI. Oh, TSA. Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. Needles. Yes. What's in tap water? No. Spending a month or more with your family and only your family. Yes. Sunday nights. No. That you have bad body odor or breath and no one knows how to tell you. Not at all. Commitment. No. Being ho- uh, Becoming homeless. No. Change. No. Accidentally falling in love with a stripper or sex worker. No. Vomiting. Uh, sure. Bugs. A little. Being fisted. Yeah, very much. Unusually good looking people. Nope. The dentist. No. Death. Yes. Knowing what your hot dog is actually made of. Don't eat him. Crying in public. No. Being with a girl who's crying in public. Sure. Being arrested for murder that you didn't commit. <laughs> don't think about it too much, no. You really don't. If Think about that. Think about you're sitting at your house yeah. eating some potato chips on the couch, mm-hmm. watching The Bachelor with your wife. Sure. And a police officer rolls up. Forget it. No, a SWAT team rolls up. Yeah. And they know that you're the guy that murdered the elderly man across the street right. last week. They are convinced and they have evidence because sure. two weeks ago, you guys got in a fight about his shrubbery. Yeah. Okay. And it yes. was really bad and the whole neighborhood saw it and they've always thought you were shifty to begin with sure. because writers were just perceived as shifty. That's right. So they come into your house, they arrest you, you're in the slammer, your wife is panicking because, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably not going to let you out on bail if it's murder. Right. And, uh, you have to now find legal defense. That doesn't the idea of that doesn't isn't frighten you? No, it seems like the beginning to like a very interesting chapter of my life. Like I know I'm gonna get out eventually. I didn't do it and it's gonna be like a very cool thing that happened to me. Yeah, like that time I guess I, got I, guess falsely I just accused. don't have faith that people see reasonable doubt enough. Yeah. I find that like only Casey uh Casey Anthony got that. Yeah. Most people, you know, Amanda Knox was still going through it and there was so much reasonable doubt in her case. Yeah. Okay. But she's fine. Heights. Uh, no. The idea that your worst enemy might be right about you. No. Birds. No. Okay, that's it. You know what's so interesting about this guy? Tell me. I've had two female guests and one other male guest answer these questions, and the women's fears are, like, disproportionately, like, much, much larger. Like, half the list is a yes for most women. Guys are like, no, no, no. What do you fear? Um, like the two things that I really can't do are singing and dancing. Like yeah. Those are really like, uh, or speaking in public, I really hate. Okay. What about like providing, like an inability to provide for your family? Uh, no, I think that's never been too big of a worry. I mean, you know. You're fine. Yeah. Do you have kids? No. Um, okay, so... Let's get to know a little bit more about you. We were talking beforehand about, you know, writing for TV. You've written for The Millers, Wilfred, Alan Gregory. Yep. 
Um, you're about to go into staffing season, as am I, again yep. this year, which is a very, very um, emotional process, I would say. Because sure. you can start to convince yourself that you want everything. Yes. And when you don't get that job, it takes about another two months. Because oh, statistically, you're not going to get the job. Right. You spend another two months trying to remind yourself that you didn't really want to write on that Kate Walsh show about yeah. her being a kooky judge. Yeah. And it takes you like two months to be like, okay, okay, like I will survive. Like, it, you know, that's tough. Yeah. And it's also tough to going from being, you know, employed as a writer, working on a show, being with people all day, every day, and then being totally alone again in your place. Like the way that you were back in the day, you don't have a writing partner, right? Nope. So it's just you. You know that feeling of like yes. dread. Do you, I enjoy writing solo. Do you feel like it's, better that way yeah i i did have a partner on some stuff okay um, there was a guy i worked with and then uh we wrote a couple things together and that was very fun mm -hmm. um tv i kind of like writing by myself movies are so hard that uh i would like to have a partner to write a movie i agree i agree a movie is like a gigantic meal yeah, that i like you gotta you gotta share TV that shows. meal yeah. yeah that's a family style all olive garden moment you know yeah. like i could write pilots all day but, yeah exactly um so question I asked you outside was I'm very protective of like seeds. Yeah. Like if something is like, I always got a lot of pokers in the fire, got my ebook coming out. Hope you all have pre-ordered it. The alcoholic bitch who ruined your life. It's on iBooks and Amazon. And you can enter our contest by forwarding your receipt of your purchase uh, for a pre-order at mallsbookcontest at gmail.com. But I want to talk about like when something might happen for you, like and it's getting kind of close and it's starting to seem more and more real. Mm -hmm. Do you slowly start to leak that information out into people in your life or do you keep it extra tight? I, I think I generally keep it extra tight because uh, A, like the last thing you want is it doesn't end up happening and then you have to deal with everyone being like, oh, sorry, you didn't get that thing that you seem to care about. Right. And most uh, things end up not happening. Right. And then B, it's very fun to just spring it on people when you actually have goodness. Yeah. As opposed to like, I might have goodness. If you don't hear from me for six months, the yeah. reason is because nothing good is going on in my life. Like yeah. I shut down when I have bad news um, completely. I And I save like, I just feel like after so many years, I, when I first moved out here, I'd be like, and I have an interview here. And like, <laughs> I met this celebrity and like, this is going great. And I've just learned like shut the fuck up because one, if you put it out there into the universe, like it's going to just probably get squashed too. People will like come out from underneath you yeah, and they'll be like, oh, I can do that too. And the next thing you know, they're in the mix. Sure, so like yeah. you're sharing that opportunity with multiple people. Third, it's really fucking draining to like have to explain to your parents and like all of your friends who aren't in the industry, like no, it didn't happen. Stop asking me for an update. Like my mom, I made, I sometimes make the mistake of telling her about things. And I feel like I do that just to kind of prove that I'm doing something out here. Yeah. Um, I, and she'll text me every day for, or like every other day for like a while, what's going on with that. And I'll always just say to her, don't ask me about it because I don't know either. And you will know when I know. Yeah. So I tried. Yeah, that's, I think, something that you everyone will wind up learning if they come to L.A. to write or whatever, New York, wherever you do it, Alabama, you're going to learn that you just want to keep your shit private. Like I yeah. didn't really tell anyone I was writing an ebook until it was done. Yeah. My mom gets a lot of like what's going on. And then my answer is like nothing. Yeah. Which like, no, nothing right now. Yeah. Uh, depending. It doesn't matter how many possibilities there are. What would be your 
advice to someone going out for staffing for the first time? Um, I mean, they're getting sent out already. They're, they're over that hump of it. Like, they yeah, like they like they or they at least like they can get a meeting. Like I got the meeting on two broke girls without an agent because yeah. I got my script to Whitney. Yeah. But that was like that was my end. I think so, once you have the meeting, they know what they want to know about you as a writer. Like they know that they think you're funny and you can write. And then it's all just about like, how is it going to be dealing with this person for 10 hours a day for the next year. Right. And so it's just like, you just have to come off as someone who's not going to be mean and is going to get along with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It is about, it's totally about personalities. Like that's really, I, I feel like I get, I think last year, definitely. I think sometimes I get a little unintentionally nervous and manic and like that always, and it's my biggest pet peeve in other people. Yeah. Is when I'm like, girl, like, just fucking take a lorazepam and lie down. Like, you need to just, like, mentally go. I told you earlier I went out for a big show last year. And I had my energy cleansed before my third meeting because I wanted to make sure I didn't go in there and have any, like, nervous energy. Yeah. I think, weirdly, I have the exact opposite problem, which is that I'm always sort of, like, very even keeled and maybe too mellow. And so I seem like I don't care about the job when I go into meetings. Right. Uh, yeah. And like I'm like I maybe won't have great energy in the room. And I can tend to over prepare or under prepare. And the problem with over preparing is like by the time you watch the entire first two seasons of that show yeah. and like done all this research about the showrunners and like you've you're just like convinced that it's like online dating or something. I've never done that, but I imagine what that that's a similar thing where it's like this is going to be the person and yeah. then you get there and that I think feeds into the energy or sometimes I've been like you know what I take a step back and be normal and just, you know, I be like, I got this. And sometimes that comes off as the wrong way too. But my friend did just have a huge bidding war over all four, like every, every studio, every, everyone came to him to option his book. And he said that what he did in order to he, I mean, he knew some, that was something like that could happen to him. But he said that his attitude going into every meeting was to be like, oh, like, isn't it cute for you that I'm taking a meeting with you? Like, yeah. LOL in your face. Like, this is like, I'm, I might give you this opportunity, which yeah. I think is like that. I don't have the, could you pull something like that off? Maybe. That's sort of the, what uh, the Silicon Valley premiere was this year. Oh, was, really? That thing, them going around to uh, all their meetings. I, so I haven't watched. I, I like to. I can't do week to week. I yeah. have a really hard time. So I wait for like four to stock up on the DVR. Yeah. Like we did that with Better Call Saul for sure because yeah. we just wanted to like binge it together for like three episodes in a row. Did you watch Better Call Saul? No, and I haven't seen uh, Breaking Bad either. Oh, you are in for such a treat. I know. And B's having a. B R H B N I C, the head bitch not in charge, is literally. <laughs> That's me. She's like panting right now. I'm flushed right now. It's such a good show. What's your deal? You like it or you don't like it? Oh my God, it's the best written show ever. It's a good show. Oh my God. You'll appreciate their use of color. Oh yeah? Yeah. (laughs) That's like the one thing that you're like trying to be like the at home like couch critic where you're like, oh, oh, the baby always wears pink. And like you just follow the story like that. Um, But yeah, you have a quite a fun journey ahead of you. Our other show that we love here is Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Friday Night Lights is a great show. Best show ever. Yeah. You, you have the rest of your life ahead of you, B. B uh, hasn't watched get it. Get ready to yeah, fall in yeah, love. I'm gonna watch it. Do you love Regan? 
Uh, I'm not actually. I was never a Riggins girl. Oh, really? I was always a Saracen girl, and I um, yeah, because of his relationship with his grandma. Oh man! Okay. Like when he, I was like, I'm not gonna cry when I watch this show. Oh wait, Saracen's you. good. The guy I hate was the guy who got uh, crippled. Oh, oh, street. Yeah. No, please. No, it's in the first. It's in the pilot. Yeah, uh, and you're gonna hate him. But I started crying. Saracen, less, I like yeah. less than thirty seconds into the pilot when he says, "Grandma." I made you a tuna sandwich. Yeah. I started to cry because I was like, oh my God, he made his grandma a tuna sandwich. Like he's going through so much. What? Who is this guy? So, uh, and then come to find out, you know, he has this great heroic arc on the show. Anyway, love him. Zach Gilford's great. Friend of the, friend of the fam. He's good friends with Derek and does drunk history and stuff. Yeah. Um, do you watch reality TV at all? I watch some. You know, people... I, whenever I go into meetings and people are like, what are your favorite shows? I'm very honest with them about the fact that I love reality and I always wind up getting yelled at yeah. and them saying like, you don't understand. You're one of the reasons why I'm like, fuck off. We all love this shit. We sure. all have our, what's your, sh- what's your show? Uh, I like a few. I like uh, survivor very much. Uh, uh, I wrote on the Millers. There was a guy who had one survivor. Yeah. Which one? Uh, this guy, John Cochran was one of the writers. Okay. Uh, so I got into the show through him. Good for uh, him. And now I like it a lot. And then I watch shows like uh Bering Sea Gold and uh Yukon Gold and stuff like that. Like Never. Is that like shows. a is that like an A and E moment? Where does that it's come? It's Discovery. In? Okay. Uh, uh, and you're just following uh these guys trying to find gold in the Bering Sea. It's pretty fun. I've heard that sounds like Richard Rushfield, a former guest. He recommended a show called River Monsters. That yep. sounds very Same similar world, to yeah. 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 And then I saw I was like kinda at the time I was like, River Monsters, who cares? And then I saw a preview for River Monsters and I was like, This is some fucking real shit. Yeah. Like this guy dives into a river and like you don't think he's ever coming back. Yeah. Um I love reality TV, though. I'm completely addicted to Real Housewives. Do you wind up watching any of that stuff through no. your wife? No. We watch TV usually in separate rooms because we like uh, very different shows. But I she's a big that. Real Housewives fan and uh, a lot of ABC Family stuff. Oh, my God. Does she watch Pretty Little Liars? Of course. Yeah, she loves Oh, my God. Pretty that's my com- Can I actually... Can we have your wife on? Because she's so much more interesting that than I man. actually... We'll go nuts on some Pretty Little Liars for you right yeah. now. And I think our first question loops back to a Pretty Little Liars thing that I want to talk about. Sure. But I'm so fucking happy. Wait, does she also watch like The Fosters or any other? Like, I don't know if she ABC watched The Fosters. Um, Chasing Life? Don't know. Yeah, I think PLL is really just the jam. Yeah. Like I don't, Chasing Life, I know. And CW, she's yeah. a big fan of those shows. What's on CW now? Gossip Girls and Vampire Diaries. Okay, okay. I yeah. feel like I feel like One Tree Hill is, is probably not- still on the air. Like One Tree Hill had like no. you're, I know you're, I know it's not literally on the air, but I'm saying that that show yeah. went like 16 seasons. And I was like this shit's still on. Never saw an up. They have a lot of shows like that. Like Supernatural's been on for like 11 seasons or something and like Smallville was on for 10 seasons. Yeah. I always think of like, oh, all those actors are like complete millionaires. Yeah. Like you just get that job and you're set for life. I do worry about the PLL girls cuz I think they probably make decent money, but that show can't be really rerun because yeah. of it's just so serialized. serialized. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. Mariska Hargitay must be just rolling in it. Oh, no. I mean, her salary is insane, I can only imagine, because that's rerun on every network. Yep. There's always a Law & Order SVU on. She's now officially carrying the show. Yep. 
with the absence of Chris Maloney, which is just... She's a producer probably by this point. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, no. And it's been on for like 20... It's been on for like 20 seasons. Yeah, Did you watch great. SVU? No. no. What's your What's your other big shows? What are your other big shows? Uh, I don't... Uh, I love uh, Last Man on Earth this year. I love I it. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. It's depressing. Um, and I like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine a lot. I think it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two. Okay, I love Last Man on Earth. I haven't seen as much of Brooklyn Nine Nine as it's I really probably good. should have, uh, I mean, but it does it for me. Maybe it's not everyone's, but it really hits me right. And I love. I mean, Andy Samberg. I just think is the funniest guy in the world. So I think I would. I think I would really enjoy it because I know some of the writers, and I think they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I know like who's on the cast and stuff, and I think Chelsea's really great too. Yep. Um, but I've never. I haven't. I'm just am bad. I only like stick to Hulu, Netflix. I don't have cable because it's like $130 sure. a month, and I'm like, I don't want to pay that anymore. Right. Like I used to be like, throw me all the premium channels, please. Just write you the check. Yep. And like now I'm like real slim on that shit. I have cut the fuck down. Uh, I've got to cut corners. Yeah. Pre-staffing season. Yeah. Haven't been on a show in a year. Yeah. Those checks aren't coming. What well, level are you? Uh, I was an executive story editor last year. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to make that jump from staff writer to story editor. That they say that that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah, it's hard because like if you if your show doesn't get picked up, then you sort of go back to square one on a new show. Which yeah. Is annoying. For anyone out there who doesn't understand this, because I find that people often don't get it, those titles mean literally nothing except for it's your rank within WGA, right. and it it affects your pay. So people, when you're listed as a producer, most you're not like. Sitting, sitting in the editing room right. or something or like producing the show. You're just another rank. Yeah, on... it's a very weird system. Yeah. So it should have come writers, up with a better word for that. Producing is a very weird word. It for... is. It is. It's misleading. Yeah. Executive producing is yeah. m- like uh, co-EP. Consulting also producing. Very, very yep. vague. Not sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, we should come up with a new word for that. Like yeah. mid-level bitch. I yeah. don't know what it is. Like not. It might be mid-level bitch. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going out for mid-level bitch this year. Yeah. That does kind of seem to fit me Um, in a lot of ways. Do you know what we do here? Do I know what? Do you know what we do here? Oh, tell me. We okay, so we take calls. We have yeah. a bunch of people who call in. A yes, lot of them are goddamn messes. Yeah. And we do our very best to lead them in the right direction. Yeah, good. Let's help people. And I think that you have maybe a little bit of a different vibe than a lot of our guests. Yeah. I always say we got all the gals and all the gays. Yeah. Um, so you're going to bring that to us. I'm very excited to get your POV. Okay. Let's do episode 39 right now. Great. Hi, Vols. Um, this is Aja calling from Reston, Virginia. I really enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. I have a really boring question. As a matter of fact, it's so boring, you might not even answer it on the show. And that's okay, but I figured it was worth a try. I just want to know what podcast you enjoy. Okay, thank you very much, and have a great week. This is my fave question. And even though I probably should not be plugging other podcasts on my own podcast, I'm going to be generous and share with you because I love you. And truth is, I need someone talking around me all the time or I start to feel insane. So I have a bajillion podcasts I listen to. Guy, do you have anyone? I have uh, one podcast that I listen to. These guys that I was on, Alan Gregory with uh, Sean Clements and Hayes Davenport, do a podcast called Hollywood Handbook. And you Uh, love that one? It's so funny. And uh, the premise of it is just that they're – these kind of clueless Hollywood insiders and they interview people. Uh, and it's just, you know, they're the two funniest guys I know. So it's is it a like a jokey, show. like fake, 
were into Hollywood or are they? Yeah. Actually, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty jokey, uh, but very funny. And then uh, this podcast I would recommend, but obviously people are listening to it if they're hearing this. So true. Pointless. True. But they may not subscribe on iTunes they and leave us five stars. Maybe leave a five star review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm very, very into podcasts, and I they're in the order in my podcast app that I originally subscribed to them. So this American Life, duh. I'm like a white thirty something. Of course, I wouldn't. I would just not be, not be an American if I wasn't listening to this. Uh, Savage Lovecast, The Read. The Read is also on Loudspeakers Network, and they're just like everything if you're not listening to the read everyone's got to listen when are you listening to podcasts i don't quite just get like the in whole... the car or like at my house like if i'm not watching tv or like something i'll just like leave it running when i'm doing the dishes or in the shower i listen to them or if i'm taking a bath i listen to them or... do you have times when you have the option of watching tv or listening to a podcast and you choose a podcast yeah huh. yeah actually because i've been I'll, i'm binging something right now and i'll tell you what that is in a minute um pumped podcast which is now officially up but it's the official well it's not the official but it's like the best Vanderpump Rules podcast oh, you're going to okay. find. Uh, my friend Laura does it. Uh, Sonia in the City with Sonia Morgan. Um, she is not updated since March 17th, which infuriates me as a listener. But I also feel it's a little bit like at this, like expecting your alcoholic dad to show up to your baseball game when he hasn't showed up to one game in five years. Like I should just know at this point that Sonia's going to disappoint me. But I I do want more. I want more. I'm hungry. I listen to Brandy Glanville's podcast, even though she kind of finally lost me when she slapped Lisa Vanderpump. Reply All is a great um, podcast about technology and like web history and all sorts of stuff. They just did a story about Marnie the dog, but they actually do some really they get some deep cuts on there. Um, Allison Rosen is your new best friend is something I just got into because I heard about the story of her getting fired from Corolla and I was like I want to hear what this girl's about started with that episode and I was like hmm I don't know if I'm into this and then I just got really addicted like I her jingles at first I was like this is crazy and manic I don't want to listen to this and then I you know eventually like Garth says about a new pair of underwear in Wayne's World like it becomes a part of you uh, Criminal is really good um, straight up with Stassi, uh, makes me have a lot of emotions. It's another Vanderpump rules. She's uh, the mean girl in Vanderpump rules. And this is what I'm into right now, which I think your wife will really love too. Yeah. is this new podcast I found called bros watch PLL two. And it's two guys that are very funny, uh-huh. very charming. They live in Sacramento, but I think that they might have something to do with TV writing because they seem to be really aware of like insider terminology like I'm almost like how did you know like that's something that like I learned like after three years of sitting in a room with like veterans like how do you know that expression so they're very very insightful they um talk about each episode for about an hour and 45 minutes oh that's just Nick the roommate bye Nick bye Nick um Nick pops in once in a while um but (laughs) They spend about an hour and 45 minutes recapping each episode. I've been, I have a, um, a condition right now. I'm, my chest is, it's called like colostolitis or something. And I basically what happened is my entire rib cage is inflamed. And when I breathe in and out, it feels like I'm being stabbed in the chest. And you do that a lot. Uh, no, this is brand new. This happened like last week. You breathe in and out. Oh, I breathe in and out a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. And laughing really hurts, sure. which is tough because laughing's my fave. Right. So I just, it's been like weird, but I've just been laying on my couch. You're my, 
Doctor's orders. I was feeling orders. bad that I haven't been very funny yet, but now I'm like, oh, this is nice of me. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, you're and welcome. also, I'm. This isn't one of those. I we're filed under comedy because I don't want people to sue me, but I actually genuinely care about the people that call yeah. in. So sometimes I'll be flippant with them, but most of the time I'm kind of like, you know, yeah. Border. I don't care if you're not laughing out loud in your car. Yeah. You, so not everything needs to be that. How many hours a week are you listening to podcasts? Um, I mean, between the hours that I drive and every, I would say probably like 20 wow. hours a week. Yeah. Um, but mostly just because I, I just need, I like noise. I went through a long phase of like audiobooks, and I was like stacking up my audible points. Did you, do you ever do audible? No, again, my wife loves that stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's just good. I, I mean, I love reading on paper and I feel like people used to like tease me and be like, oh, like you can't even read the real book. And it's like, motherfucker, what are you learning on your commute? <laughs> like, what have you learned today? Like the lyrics to a Sean Paul song? Like I'm actually like <laughs> taking in facts about murders and things that are important. Yeah. That's what I was talking about this this week with someone is just like miss. I'm the one of the things I miss about living in New York is having that sort of passive travel time to read books. Yeah. I read so much less since moving to L.A., but now I've been doing the audiobook thing and it's kind of like made up for it. So, yeah, it's really I did helpful. Glo- I did Going Clear, mm-hmm. which was the HBO documentary. That was a really Guys, tough audiobook because the narrator was horrible. He was horrible. But if you were interested in a documentary, definitely definitely check out the audiobook even though the narrator is terrible because there was so much that they couldn't put in right i was not i was not particularly blown away by the documentary no, just because you already know. knew i yeah i know i've i know so much about scientology sorry you're not a scientologist are you no 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 uh, um i know so much about scientology and like even going clear wasn't particularly groundbreaking for me do you are you a scientology like what would you call us puff yeah. Yes. Uh, I lived across from the Celebrity Center for a few years. So You lived at the UCB Theater? Close, yeah. yeah. Very close. Uh, on Franklin there. Birds, the chicken restaurant. Yeah, okay. I lived in the chicken restaurant. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I would get a lot of mail about them. And uh, one, at one point, we went over to the Celebrity Center, me and a couple of friends, and uh, there was like an event that was open, and then we snuck into the actual center yeah uh and walked around there it's very creepy yeah Uh, i know people like do the free brunch thing and i just realized that we're probably going to be on a list now that we're talking oh no i'm already on the list because i was the one that released the tom cruise video on gawker like i was the one that ripped that video for gawker and gawker was the only media outlet that wouldn't remove that tom cruise video that was leaked so i had to take all my awesome i had to take everything off the internet for like three months after that because they were like just you might die yeah. So just like FYI, we're now in legal issues with a very controversial quote unquote religion and yeah. you need to like wrap it up, girlfriend. Yeah. And I was the only one in L.A. So I was like, of course, they're going to. I'm the easiest one to murder. Huh. Um, I but- stole a gold pen from the Celebrity Center from like the they kept his they maintain Elrond's office. Yeah. Uh, but just behind you like a little velvet. You yeah. from his office? Yeah, I did. I've been to his office, too. I went to. um. They have a Christmas pageant yeah. every year and it was, it's like, you know, it's Kiersey Alley. It was sure. the, the dead Travolta boy, Jet, uh, uh, Kelly Preston, uh, the entire cast of that 70s show, yeah. Jenna Elfman. So all these big celebrities participating sure. in like, just kind of like bad. It was like a, 
the theme was like it was a old timey radio show, and like <laughs> except for some like Jet Travolta at one point literally comes out dressed as a Christmas tree. R.I.P. Like I felt so bad, and I'm really into him as a person because he's a juggalo. I don't know if a lot of people know that about Jet Travolta, but. Yeah. It was the weirdest, most surreal thing ever. And then we got to do the tour after. And I just remember being like more and more nauseous with each thing I read. And like they yeah. had a picture of Jerry Seinfeld in there. Like his yeah. parent, like this poor man probably wants nothing to do with Scientology or being associated with it in any way. Yeah. But they have his picture on a sign of like all these people that have benefited from Scientology. They say that his, they, Scientology credits themselves for his famous speech pattern they think that they were the one that gave him that speech pattern yeah um then we uh also we started going up these stairs mm-hmm. uh, and went up to like the seventh floor and just like popped out on a random floor and there was a whole wall that was covered in like little tiny plaques that have like the whole org chart of scientology okay with, like, over like a thousand plaques you are not supposed and to see that it's amazing so funny did you read the Leah Remini email that went around years ago? Yeah. That like, I, I, now she's left Scientology, which I don't think this woman needs any more controversy. She's always been a loud character. Sure. But um, that email was terrifying because it was like the kind of email you know someone only writes with a gun to their head. And that was definitely like the most interesting part of it for me. It was like yeah. the desperation and like if you're thinking about buying a new house this year, but you haven't gone clear yet, you need to go clear before it like, <laughs> it was like basically convincing people to like not take care of their families, like not operate safe vehicles and just put all their money into Scientology because that was their downfall. Yeah. Like it just is cra- just crazy, crazy craze. Um, so yeah, those are my podcasts I'm into. Yeah. I hope you guys uh, enjoy subscribing to them. Please call in uh, if you listen to any of these podcasts and really enjoy them. And tell your friends about us because we're the ones that really matter. Right, That's right, guy? Yeah, I think. All right. Next call. Hey, Malls. Um, I've called you before, but this is Carol, 24. Um, so I broke up with my ex-boyfriend about in August, because I was, I moved across the state to Memphis, Tennessee for work, and, um, we were having some kind of issues, there was a cheating instance on his part, he cheated, and I just didn't want to do long distance, so we broke up, I had about two months of no contact, and then we've kind of been talking again, ever, like, starting probably back in November, and we've become really good friends, like, how we were before we started dating, um, we worked together, so we had a friendship before we started dating, and he truly is, like, my best friend. Um, I really don't have any romantic feelings towards him at all. I've been going on dates. I've been meeting other guys. I'm just, truthfully, I can't ever imagine being romantically interested in him at all, ever again. And I do kind of feel like, in, in the beginning, we probably shouldn't have dated. We probably just should have stayed really good friends because it just works better for us. And, but my question is, is this like a normal, healthy relationship? Like, is that something people do? Like, is it possible to stay like close friends with an ex, like a relatively recent ex? I mean, he really is like my best friend. Like he cares about me. He listens to me. He's coming visited a couple of times. Um, he's planning on coming in May for the Bill Street Music Festival to Memphis and staying with me. And, but all my friends are like, this is stupid. Like, they're like, even though you think you don't like him anymore, you probably do, and you're just going to end up getting hurt staying this close to him. So my question is, is, have you ever been able to stay friends with an ex after a breakup? Please advise. Thank you. 
Guy, what are your thoughts? Um, boy, I think uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it to me. I mean, why not be friends? It's if you want to, hard to make friends them. if you like this guy and your friends. Probably weren't meant to be together, but if it's your best friend, geez, why would you get rid of that? Traditionally, I am like, you know what? When if if you guys just started dating and weren't friends beforehand, I'm like, you know what? We weren't friends, so let's not be friends because we don't have that foundation. We were people that were fucking and enjoying each other romantically, physically, etc., and we're connected on that level not friendship, which is totally different. Sure. The one thing I think that if you are friends with him and can stay friends with him, that's awesome. I do have exes that it's like, if I see them, I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's up? There's no exes that I'm actively going to music festivals with, but I, uh, definitely can say like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Once in a while I can wish them well. If I hear something good has happened to them, you know, happy birthday on their Facebook page, maybe. But I, but that's like very few and far in between that I'll, I'd ever interact with an ex. Um, what I do think you need to maybe be careful about, and I'm just going to throw this out there. If you feel that he has developed romantic feelings toward you, you cannot expect them to go away because you don't feel them. And that I've made the mistake of kind of letting a guy down easy before and saying like, yeah, let's just stay friends because I'm not interested in them. And then winding up in a situation where they drank too much and all, all of a sudden I'm being told like I'm a bitch and like I've been torturing them. Like I've had that happen to me before a couple times where I just didn't lay a clear boundary down. So if you feel that like he is potentially that kind of guy, I'd be careful. And I think cheaters are questionable humans. Yes. And I would say that the one caveat is like uh, him coming and staying with you for a weekend seems a little intense. Yeah. I mean, they're 24, so I'm guessing that they don't. When I was 24, I didn't have money to stay at a hotel. I do think it's really cool you guys are going to the Beale Street Music Festival. I love Memphis, Tennessee so much. Um, But yeah, it's make sure he definitely stays like in the living room. Like he is not to come in your bed because if you guys go there, then you're going to wind up back and you, you know, and you probably will be drinking heavily Beale street, quite the party. And you get one chance to go from being in a relationship to going back to friends. Like you can't go back and forth multiple times. So, right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if they hook up, yeah, you're right. If they hook up again, they're not going to be friends after that. You're right. So clear boundaries, maybe even lay that down just like before he comes, just like, Hey, I know we used to date. You're going to be staying in my house this week. I just want to make sure that, you know, like there's going to be a lot of alcohol involved. And like, I know we still really care about each other. I just want to make sure that we don't go there. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that to him and say it on the phone. Don't say it in an email because if you put it in an email, one, he's going to forward it. And two, I think that it's, could come off very arrogant and misplaced in an email and you tonal, you just want to control this tonally. And so I would get on the phone and do it. Yeah. 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 And then if you find yourself having these urges when he's there, just remind yourself that he cheated on you. Yeah. Don't do it. And by the way, tell a girlfriend, have a girlfriend, like put that buffer in. You need a third friend in the mix. Who's going to be like, Hey, Hey, like you had a little too many of those orange crushes. It's time that, you know, maybe you guys, Stand, I'll stand in between you. Yeah. Like, hmm, kissed him on the cheek during that. Seemed a little bit more than friendly. You know, just someone that's not going to be like, 
nagging at you, but doing what you have instructed them to do, which totally. is to not let you get out of hand. Totally. Because, um, you know, people tend to run with that shit when they're young, single, fucked up, yep. wild, confused. Come on, made mistakes. All right, next call. Hey, Malls and Christina and Chrissy. Chrissy, hope your mess journey is amazing. Um, love the pod. He's kind of... Um, before I give you, like, my debacle, I kind of just, like, want to say that I want you guys to do, like, a make-a-wish moment and, like, have me on the pod. I feel like I could, like, contribute a lot. Um, but anyways, um, I've been seeing this dude for, like, two months now. And I met his mom, which is, like, fine, like, it's, but, yeah, whatever. And, like, when he wasn't around, she pulled me aside and, like, asked to borrow money. <laughs> but I know it's not funny, but it's a shadow funny. Um, and this was, like, on Friday. It's a Sunday now. And I told her to call me, like, later during the week and, like, get something up. And, like, because I didn't want to, like, I don't know, I just didn't want to be sort of rude. But also, like, I had not told him I don't know why she would ask me, but she seemed like like she was in a dilemma and like she didn't want him to know. And great to hear what you have to say. Okay, so I have a lot of questions, don't you guys? Sure, yeah. I think this warrants a callback. We're going to call Jesse right now. Great. What's going on, Walt? Um, well, I need to know more about your situation. I'm here with my guest, Guy Endor Kaiser. Hey, Jesse. He's a TV writer. How are you? He's a uh, straight. I'm so good, good. He's a straight married man. Yep. So, perspective. Um, Hun, have you told your boyfriend about this yet? We're actually not dating anymore. Oh, my God. What happened? Well, that was a major issue, to be honest. I didn't didn't end up telling him. And, like, it weighed so heavy on my shoulders that I was like, this cannot end well. If I told him, don't you think he would have freaked out? Um, let me, well, did you lend her money? I wasn't clear on that. What's that? Did you lend her money? No, I told her I would let her know. And I how, end up giving it to her. how much did she ask for? $500. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. I thought, she, okay. All right. I was like, maybe she asked him to slip him a 20, uh, but, um. Did she give you a reason no. of what she needed it for? I had like a feeling maybe she was a junkie or something like that. She was very, um. Oh no, she was very weird. You know I was I mean? just going to say that there were two things that popped up for me when a woman discreetly asked to borrow for money. Like One, legit pulled and was like, "Yeah." Um, a lot of times that can be a sign of domestic abuse. Just so you know that there's something going on within the home where her money's being held against her, and like her husband's holding money over her head, and she needs a little bit of cash to get out of the house or take care of herself. Um, so right. I just want to put that out there for people. It's like, if you feel those vibes, but I, I definitely got junkie. I got drug addiction because that is so boundaryless and odd that unless someone's like beating you on the daily, like you have no reason to ask. Why for... would you ask? Yeah. That's such a weird. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. Like if I was still with him, what would be your advice? Like, should I have told him? I would have been like, babe, can I tell you something? And he'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, I don't know if this is weird to say, but like, it's your mom. So I feel like you have the right to know, like your mom asked me to borrow money 
And I don't, and I'd be happy to do that if she's in like a dangerous situation or something is going on. But do, is there a reason why you think she would ask me for money? Because then that's the point where he reveals to you, oh, like she's been on and off Oxycontin for the last 12 years and wasn't there for me as a mother. Right, 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 right. What do you I think? Know. I just feel like, if, I feel like if I would have told him, he would have freaked. He's a Gemini, so that, you know. But don't you think if you're in that situation and your mom's doing sketchy things like that, you would want to know? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I would want to know. I should have told him. I might actually text him and tell him, actually. At this point, I would think that seems vengeful just because, like, you're already citing, like, him as a Gemini with a split personality that's probably not going to take a text that came, like, a day late, a buck short with, like, right. a lot of, like, he's probably not going to really receive that well. I think maybe when you guys right. were fucking, he probably would have taken it a little bit better because you could intimacy right. and stuff was going on. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Guy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, she's probably a junkie and uh you know if you if you had it to do over i think you tell the guy what was her living situation like unclear and but you guys we, still friends we weren't dating we weren't dating for like that long and meeting her in the first place was weird because it was like a month into it which is really bizarre i feel like that's like a six months or maybe even I don't know, a month? Isn't that a little too soon? Depends on it depends on how close you are to your family and where they live in, in approximation of you. I mean, she, I met my boyfriend's she, family after like a month, but we had like a whirlwind uh, love affair. Well, you and Derek are amazing, so. You're amazing. What if that's a fun scam that the guy and his mom run? Oh, that's smart. Uh, I would never think of that. That's so smart. That's actually kind of brilliant if they did that. I would give them so much credit. Yeah, what a cool... What a cool family vibe those two. <laughs> do you think he's devious enough to do something like that? Yeah. Okay. Where did you guys meet? Tinder. Okay. Ooh, that is for sure what's happening. Guy, you are dead right. <laughs> they, they are both junkies, and that is a scam that they run. Oh, my you God. Think like together? That's the Tinder grifter. You, we officially... like... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Breaking news, you guys. There's a Tinder grifter on the loose in Los Angeles. If you're dating a gay guy who takes you to meet his mom, fuck no. You're out of there. <laughs> oh, my God. I never even thought of that. Where did, you meet, where did you meet the mom? At her house or at, like, a restaurant? At fucking Bubba Gump. Okay, yeah. No, she's an addict. She That's like, oh, you met a Bubba Gump shrimp? What could be going on here? Oh, they're drug addicts, of course. So, not the one on the Santa Monica Pier, right? Yeah, of course. That but, one. Okay, so yeah. So she went to Venice and like shot up immediately after that. Like, you think, you think they shoot up together? I think that they're uh yeah I'm I I don't I, I don't know if they shoot up together but I will say that I did that smacks of a drug problem on the mom's end and you followed your gut there which was smart. Yeah, I definitely pulled a Lauren Conrad and just went with my gut and didn't really I don't know I didn't give her the money which I'm glad now looking back but I don't know it was like Hun, weighing really heavy on my head. What are you talking about a Lauren Conrad? LC didn't go to Paris. She That's ruined true. her life. Maybe, like, oh, maybe, maybe I should say I pulled a Heidi. Yes, you pulled a Heidi. I think that's good. And you just really like, yeah. Or maybe even an Audrina. Yeah, it was like, it was part of my, it was, it was like my Audrina moment, my Audrina journey that I went on. And it's fine. 
just a chapter of my life. It's actually a really good story now if you think about it. No, I love it when you realize what an idiot you were in retrospect and you're like, oh man, like, <laughs> duh, it all adds up now. But at the time you were like moving through it, like, oh, what do I do? Yeah, like I love that moment for you and I love it for me. So that's fun. I love it for like all of us. Yeah, this is such a thank you for the call. Well, hon, I would love to do at least a segment with you on the show. If you want to come in, we'll do a little make-a-wish moment, and we'll have you in for like yeah. 50. Yeah, we'll do, have you in to answer a couple calls, and um, that sounds good. We'll do like a mashup episode. I would love that. Thank you so much. And if there's anyone else in L.A. who thinks that they're a candidate for this mashup show, send us an email at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com, and we will consider you as well. Thank you all. Love you. Love you. All right. Email us and we'll set you up. Sounds good, girl. And FYI, this call's going to air. You know that, right? I know that. Okay. All right. Thank Have a good you. day. Bye, honey. You too. Bye, Bye. guys. Hey, Malls. I talked too much when I tried to leave a message before and got cut off by the answering machine, so I'll try to keep my questions short and sweet this time. Basically, I have two good friends that broke up about a month ago. She broke up with him in a really heartless way after telling everyone that she was planning on doing it. He is very torn up about the whole situation and is trying to make things work when there's no way I could see it working out between them, even if she wanted it to. He lives with my girlfriend now, and it's become a really uncomfortable situation of the ex-girlfriend always being around, even though they aren't dating. She doesn't love him and has no plans of them getting back together. It's as if she's hanging around just enough so that he doesn't have the emotional or physical space to move on, and he's still crazy hung up on her because of this. Since she's been around more, the guy seems to have regressed back to how he was emotionally when they first split, asking my girlfriend and I what we thought about the situation. I think a lot about the situation, but I've held my tongue to avoid drama and to follow the laws of human decency when it comes to keeping secrets she told me but I don't know if I can do it much longer. I've stayed quiet about everything, but I feel a tremendous amount of guilt for knowing the things I do and not telling him, because she's giving him hope that they will get back together when they won't. She just doesn't want him to move on. I'm closer friends with him and see him getting fucked over and emotionally led on on the daily. What do I do? Tell him the things I know and prepare for shit to hit the fan? Keep my mouth shut and let things continue to play out? Or just confront her about how she's been treating him? Thanks so much. Honey, this is real convoluted, but I will tell you, I think I'll break it down for the listeners what I think it was you said. And I'm unclear if when you said girlfriend, you meant like you're in a romantic partnership with her and that's your significant other, or if you're like my girlfriend, like if you just meant like your friend um, that you're really close with. So basically what I believe you said is that you had a friend, couple, a guy and a girl. The girl was not that into the guy. You knew for about a month in advance that she was going to break up with him. They broke up. He's incredibly depressed and now living with your girlfriend. Uh, She still comes around all the time because she's friends with the girlfriend as well, but to a lesser extent. And so you're watching this guy be tortured all the time. Now, that's why I wonder if it's a romantic partnership because you didn't say that he moved in with you when you're... He didn't move in with the two of you. You said he moved in with your girlfriend and you're there all the time. So that to me suggests that you guys are in a romantic partnership, but I don't know. Very confusing details. So you're wondering if you should A, talk to him and tell her to him, tell him all the stuff that you know would basically help him expedite the process of getting over her. 
but possibly create a shitstorm. Two, confront her about it. Or three, do nothing at all. Uh, I think that's what happened. Do you get that guy? Now I get it. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So normally I tell people with relationship stuff that's not their own. I'm like, just stay out of it. It has nothing to do with you. Yes. But this is an awkward situation for everybody. And it affects the living space of not just one, but two people and the feelings of everyone because watching your friend be tortured is not fun. Um, What I would do in this case is to figure out the motivations of this girl because I'm not clear on her motivations. Is she purposely showing up more than ever to like fuck with him? And like, is she completely clueless about the fact that she is like possibly hurting him every time she enters the door of the apartment? Or does she like, is she just like, does she not care about him? Like, does she, is she doing it actually to make him upset? Right. So if she's that kind of evil, I think basically the best way to find out is to approach her one-on-one with your girlfriend and say, babe, we love you. Next time we hang out, I feel like we should go like to the movies or I I feel like we should go to a bar or I feel like we should get coffee or I can come over to your place. But for the time being, every time you come over, you're helping him not get over you, which does not help you. You're keeping like unnecessary. You're keeping the string tied basically by showing up all the time. You need to cut that string. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's no benefit to talking to the guy about the girl and why they're not good for each other unless you have some sort of poison pill. Like if you have something where you're like, this is what she says about you behind your back, that then he could hear that and be like, oh, she's kind of shitty and now I'm not hung up on her. Then maybe it's worth it. But just to be like, you guys aren't right for each other. If he thinks they are, like you're not going to get any credit for that. You really see, this is the thing is I'm intrigued by your answer because I almost feel like that is hurting the most people in the situation because that's my game plan. Yeah, you want that? I just want chaos. Destroy, destroy, destroy. Yeah. You're comfortable in chaos like Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the, I find that to be really interesting because part of me is like, yes, if there's like the final nail in the coffin that if she just utters this one sentence to him, he will be over it forever. Yeah. That's interesting. That but, at least helps him. That gives him a chance to move on. Right. But at the same time, you're already going through so much shit. When you're breaking up and probably being hit with realization after realization, I mean, he's probably realized that he was she wasn't into him. Like that's probably occurred to him by now. Like certain events that he thought were going one way, he now realizes were not that way. That someone was on the totally separate page than him. Like he probably thought they were having romantic moments up until almost the very end, and now realizes that that was at least partially fraudulent. But isn't like the best thing you could do for this guy is snap him out of his like, uh, I'm going to spend the next six months pining for this person. But now she's going to, if she does that, then mm-hmm. she potentially, I mean, that's probably going to go back to the friend. Yes. The girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, then that creates like this huge triangle of drama. Yeah. But that girl did it. I mean, if there's this smoking going out there, this thing that she said, that's her fault. That's and if true. she's if she's showing up and torturing this guy and tormenting him, like, yeah, my question it sounds like the guy is her better friend, right? That she wants to protect. Absolutely, I think the first. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that the first move is to try and get her out of your apartment, yeah, or her your girlfriend's apartment. Your that's your first move is to see if she bites on that, and if she does, that means she's probably not a totally evil person because she at least has understanding, right? But if she 
If she doesn't bite, then I think you go straight to him. Yeah. And just say, look, I need you to know the facts. And wait for a moment when he's being really mopey about it. Like, he seems like he misses her. Yeah. And you, Because if you come out of nowhere with it, when he's, like, just having a sandwich on the couch. Yeah. And you're like, hey, by the way, like, put, like, put that Fraser repeat on pause because I need to drop a bomb on you. That could be not so great. Yeah. Yeah. Poor this guy. Sucks. Yeah. I really feel for that guy. Like, I mean, I feel for you too, but I'm kind of like, you're just a witness here. You're not really like, yeah. I mean, that sucks for him. Yeah. It sucks for him, but it's also, it's going to be nothing in six months. I mean, I don't know, babe. I think, uh, I think you should also be working on getting this guy drunk and taking him out. Like if you're, you got to be like the breakup friend right now because you know, he is going through some pain. I've had, Friends be really, really great and really show up to me during break, show up for me during breakups. And then I've had friends that it's like, oh, like you don't have sympathy towards people who are in pain. That's weird. Right. Um, so got to be just work on being the best friend you can to him right now. I think that's your main goal, right? Yeah. And get him to move on. Absolutely. Okay. So guy's going to read our letter. I met someone on Tinder while traveling for work. I was new to Tinder, never met anyone, frankly too creeped out to actually take anyone seriously. I was showing Tinder to my friend while on my work travel and liked someone as an example. Long story short, the dude and I started chatting. We hit it off, meet up, and spend the next three days I'm in town hanging out, etc. Now we're engaged in some long-distance texting, for lack of a better word. I like him a lot, I think he likes me, but I know he's still Tindering as am I. Because I like him so much, I feel like I'm not able to give any other potential people a fair chance, but he lives so far away. I'll see him again soon, and my question is, number one, tips on how to keep him interested or the flame going via texting. Number two, should I try to define this relationship? Sincerely, Tinder confused. Well, I'm of the belief that if you guys were going to, um, what did she call this, define the relationship? Yep. Guys will define the relationship very quickly if they are really interested in you and see something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's not much to define right now. Like, it would be very weird to define a relationship where you sort of met and hung out for two days and now you're texting. Like, what? what's best case scenario there? I Yeah, you're right. And I do, I think that you are going to see him again soon, which is interesting. But I think that you keep your guard up when he comes because if you already like him so much that you're having a hard time using Tinder, which, I mean... Duh, like that seems very obvious to me that the second you'd like someone, you'd have feel like an asshole for like scrolling through pics. Sure. But um, I think that you need to keep your guard up and that's really important for you. Maybe not sleep with him. If um, I just think that the more emotionally raw you get with him, the greater chance you have of really getting let down and yeah. protect yourself, girl. And certainly there's no need to to find anything before he comes and visits this next time. Like, at least see what happens there. Because sometimes you meet someone the second time and you're like, ew, actually, what was I thinking? Like, yeah, you're in another town. That guy seems kind of cool. And then you have him in your town and you're like, well. Yeah, actually, that's so real. I met this guy. He was like drunk and alone in a pizza restaurant on in West Hollywood. I was with my friend Ed and his friend. And uh, we and this guy had two huge suitcases like checked luggage parked outside of the pizza place and we went in and someone mentioned something about like east coast living he's like i know a thing or two about the east coast and we look over and there's this guy charging his nokia phone 
um, in the corner of the restaurant. He's clearly from Jersey. He has like the chain, the affliction tee, the hair. It was very of that moment. And um, we asked him what he was doing in this pizza place with all of his luggage sitting up, like sitting outside. And he said that he flew to L.A. A girl bought him a ticket, a girl that he had met in Jersey and made out with, bought him a ticket to come to L.A. and see her. And when he got there, he's like, he said to her, you're ugly. I'm not into this. He didn't have any money for a hotel. He didn't have, I mean, like he had nothing. Like, so he's essentially, he's largely homeless. And he wasn't, he was flying out of like Santa Margarita or something like crazy or like some airport I've never even, I'm like, they have an airport there. Like he was flying out of like nowheresville. And so in two days later, he had nowhere to stay for two days with all that luggage. So I told him to get his ass down to Barney's Beanery because we were like right by there. And I said, you go to Barney's Beanery, you find some drunk chick, you fuck her for two days and you go home and you thank God that you were presented with the hot mess that is Barney's Beanery. Like if you walk out of Barney's Beanery without a hookup, you like just, babe, you got to go to like being normal school. Now, because, do you like, feel good about doing a favor for this guy? He seems like the worst guy. Oh, he was terrible. But yeah. I just was like, look, if I have to like really rack my brain of like a sensible thing yeah. I would do, I would I would go. You have no he had less than two hundred dollars. Yeah. He couldn't switch his ticket to like an earlier time home. And he refused to go back to this girl. Apparently she didn't want him anyway. But yeah, like I, think. I just said to him, I was like, you have no money. And the first thing you say to this girl who just flew you out here is like, I'm actually not attracted to you. Like that's a just that's terrible. Like yeah. at least fake it. But that's the danger of people. Yeah. Is people fake it and they do it for all different types of reasons. So just guard your heart. Guard your heart. I always had a very tough time doing that when I was single because I tend to be very like I believe I'm an empath. Like I get also very like I can be very codependent. Mm-hmm. And if I started liking someone when I was dating them, like I liked them a lot. Yeah. Like I if I because I so rarely like someone that when I did like them, I'd like them a lot. Right. And um, that got me into a lot of, that caused me a lot of heartbreak. Like, you know, like finding out that the guy wasn't on the same page as me or like just quote unquote wanted to have fun, which by the way, everyone wants to have fun. <laughs> Some people just like to have fun in a relationship. Yeah. I don't understand that I just want to have fun line because it's like basically just saying like, I'm only willing to have sex with you. Yeah. And like, I want to do whatever I want in my time. Yeah. So guys and girls, please stop saying that you just want to have fun. Yeah. It's not like an interesting fact about you. Yeah. Oh, I want to have fun. Oh, really? Okay. Because I just want to be super Miz all the time. I like just love misery. That's my lifestyle. Uh, No, it's so just. Anyway, honey, just guard your heart. And I don't know. Like if you know he's tindering other girls, is that triggering something inside of you? If it is, you're probably on a separate page. I would be really upset if I liked a guy that was like tindering other girls. But it seems so early to, I mean, I think she's, she's jumping over months here. Like didn't, they had two days together. That's true. That's true. That's true. I, I tend to And go, she's tindering. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. She's tindering as well, but she's not tindering with as much joy as she used to. Yeah. I think she needs to take a beat and see how this trip goes. It's, it's, you know, especially it's so hard when you're single because like, it's difficult to not get excited when you finally like figure something out. It seems like you got a possible lead, uh, cause everyone wants companionship and everyone wants to be loved and you know, couples 
we had a girl call last week and she and her boyfriend were dating for a year and a half and she had already given him the ultimatum of like, if you don't put a ring on this, yeah. you're in trouble. She did call and update us to say that they moved in together. They're going to move in together, which I'm very excited yeah. about. But um, yeah, I just, there is anyone, anyone can sense pressure. People can sense pressure and they don't like it. Whether it be put the ring on this, whether it be, you know, let's define this. People don't like pressure. They just don't respond to it, especially guys. They get very, I feel egotistical, like almost like they're being, their choices are being limited and guys don't like that. Guys like options. Do you agree? Yeah, for the most part. I also think there's a chance that uh, she's putting more pressure on this because it feels like fate. Like there's a, the story of like, I just randomly clicked like to show someone how to do Tinder and then I ended up talking to this guy that feels like a fairy tale like totally yeah yeah i don't know honey i'm i yeah i guess i just go with it have as much fun as you can but keep your heart guarded and like i said to another caller in this involve a friend like maybe have a friend just like where you say hey i'm about to put myself in a really vulnerable situation i need someone who's going to be sane for me because i'm probably going to be thinking irrationally just throwing that out there yeah. And uh, if you want to maybe check in with me during that weekend, see how things are going, I want you to remind me of what Mal said. All right? So important. Replay this. Yeah. Go out to your car and replay this podcast to yourself. Maybe rub one out. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I don't know. All right, next call. Hey, Malls, It's Pete. I actually have called before and gotten some good advice from you, and I believe Ed, I think it was sometime back in November. Um, and I also gave you a shout out on Instagram because I'm on the East Coast and wasn't too far away from your mom's assignment shop. And I think either I didn't clarify my question or maybe you misunderstood, but I was actually thinking about selling some clothes to your mom's store. Um, and I didn't end up making it up there because of some family drama, which is kind of crazy. Um, Close relatives of mine that have married for over 25 years, perfect perfection of what you think family is. Um, one of my family members was on a shared group email account, husband and wife, and she was just checking emails, and she randomly stumbled across divorce papers. This other family member of mine made a big mistake. I mean, class, classless. I think. Um, my family is like kind of going crazy. Um, they're in therapy right now um, and trying to work it out, seeing a marriage counselor. But I mean, if you stumble across divorce papers from your spouse, what does that mean? So crazy. Um, so I just want to know your thoughts. Um, everyone's trying to give her advice. I don't know what to do. It's kind of stressing me out. Um, and I feel like you guys give good advice. Um, so let me know what you think. Kind of crazy. Oh, oh shit. I forgot to tell you. Um, the other thing is I have a friend that's going to be on season four of Vanderpump Rules. I don't really watch your show all the time, but I know you guys talk about it all the time on the pod. Um, she's kind of a hot mess. She'd be okay with me telling that to you. I mean, she's a friend of mine, but she's a hot mess. Anyways, um, I'll talk to you later. I. Guy, you're married. What do you think about this? Uh, 
Wow, it really sounds like uh, they're going to get divorced, Pete. Uh, I think once you get to that stage, uh, first off, it's no one else's in the family's business. Like, uh, it's fine to be up in arms at it, but uh, you shouldn't be trying to influence it. It's their business, uh, especially if they've married 25 years. Uh, and if he's already had the papers drawn up, it seems like uh, counseling's not going to get you back from that brink, and maybe you shouldn't. You didn't come support my mom because of this shit? What the fuck is going on with you, dude? Go support my mom. She's at the Luxie Boutique in Waltham. You can find the information on my Instagram if anyone's interested. I got so many clothes when I was home. She's great. Love Shauna. Hey, Shauna. Hi. That's my mom. Um, Single-handedly raised me. But, love um, her. I love your mom. Yeah, everyone loves Shauna. People, my friends like Shauna more than me usually. Uh, but anyway... That's true about my mom too, though. So. Diana's the shit. I yeah. have to say, I if I if I had to spend a week with Diana, I would not be upset. And you guys would have so much fun. Yeah, we yeah. would go and get margaritas and talk, and she'd be giving me for instances and drinking. <laughs> you know, she just is great. We'd have fun. Anyway. Oh yeah, sorry for those who don't know. My mom doesn't say, "Let me give you an example." She says, "Let me give you a for instance." Yes. I don't know if it's a Brooklyn thing. I don't know, but it's, she all she has charming. a for instance for every moment, and it's fabulous. But um, okay, Pete. I want to point out that I think people get very defensive and I could see just because you got divorce papers drawn up doesn't mean you were going to serve them. I think that that's a whole separate step. He was incredibly dumb to leave them in the email inbox, which is a mistake, but at least he isn't trying to be shifty enough that he deleted them or hid them or has this other whole thing behind. He obviously, maybe even part of him, wanted her to see them. But I would guess that that's more of a thinly veiled threat with the fact that they're just sitting around somewhere than he's not serving them to her. Because that's the kind of thing, if you're really going to divorce someone, you give them to that, them to them like that day. Or you figure out a way to isolate your finances and then you go. But I... um. I don't know. I actually, I do see an opportunity for them to stay together. I just think that I, I don't, I personally, it all is, it's, if she's the type of woman who could also forgive him for like cheating on her, for example, like a major high level betrayal, I think that maybe they have a chance, but that takes a very special type of person. Most people cannot forgive something of that size. Yeah. I'm also coming at it from a point of view, which is, uh, I really feel like you get one shot at life and it's like, people fight too hard to stay together, I think. Right. Uh, if you're unhappy, like maybe after 25 years and you get counseling and you find a way to slog through, like, is that worth it? Or were you going to be like so much happier, like just trying something else? Right. For, like, the last 25 years you have or whatever. Yeah, I actually recently saw a friend of the family who was divorced about seven years ago. And I was like, do you love it? She's like, I love it. Yeah. She's like, "That's oh, that part of my life is over. My kids are raised. I have my own apartment with my own dog. I sleep with my dog. Like, I have a great life. I'm like, my life is about what I want it to be about now. And that can, so in some ways, I think divorce can be a great gift to a lot of people because they're not trying to survive something. But I just like your fit, like us advising you on this, though, is really all we can do is like offer you words of like maybe explanation. But you can't do anything about this and you shouldn't do anything about this. And there's nothing that can be done. You can secretly think that this guy's an asshole or, you know, take sides with the woman or whatever it is, but 
ultimately you got to just stay out of people's business. It doesn't matter how close you guys are in relation. And then certainly you should never have a joint email account for a ton of reasons. That's, that's like, that's like Mormon. I yeah. know that's like weird. I don't, but I think, I think that is actually big amongst husbands. I think that that's also can be very chic. Like I know a guy that does not have a cell phone and his wife does because he just doesn't want it. And they share an email and a cell phone. And, but you know, some people, if you could be voided of that distraction of your phone, I could totally understand for someone that they would rather be creative and in their own space and not dealing with 99% of the bullshit that comes through the phone, which is like, you start doing Twitter, you get like texts from people. I actually, Christina said something to me that I appreciated so much last night. I was texting her at 1040 and I was texting her about this, which is, you know, not egregious on a Friday night. And I was No, it's not. I'm just laughing because it's just like I'm such a grandma. (laughs) No, but I was falling asleep too. But Christina said, do you mind? Uh, She goes, I'm I'm trying to sleep. Do you mind if we talk about this tomorrow? And I said, thank you for saying that because people start texting me. Sometimes I go to bed very late. I've had a lot of insomnia issues lately, especially with my chest pain. And I have been like falling asleep at weird hours. And the other day, my phone would not stop going off. And it was my friend texting me, and nice things about this very podcast, but I was so fucking pissed and I wanted to be like, don't people check to see if you're awake or asleep anymore? Like, why do you, why do you think you can just text me? And then I leave the ringer on all the time because I think that at any moment I could get a call that one of my loved ones is dead because that's happened to me a couple of times. So I'm like, I'm highly sensitive to just like having people being able to have access to me. Right. To the point where it's annoying. So I, I'm just going to say, I appreciated Christina drawing that boundary. I think that I, I think other people would probably appreciate more people saying to them, hey, I'm just trying to go to sleep. I'm going to shut my ringer off. So shut the fuck up for tonight. Yeah. I, I actually, sorry, I actually did it just because like if I, I wasn't going to respond to you after a while and I didn't want it to be like unanswered text because it was actually questions that needed to be answered. And I just wanted to be like, hey, I'm going to sleep. And where um, did those answers come today? Sorry. (laughs) But that's okay. I appreciated it. It turns out I was just overthinking per usual. You can also turn off text and leave phones on. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. The do not disturb feature was recently introduced to me by Christina. I've started putting that on when I write because that's what really drives me nuts is you break my train of thought when I'm writing. Are you like that? Uh, No, I'm not. My, I lose it. Like if someone talks to me when I'm writing, I'm like, uh, yeah. and then I lose my thought. Like the, uh, the next six jokes that I had for laid out are gone. I can't focus for very long anyway. So it's uh, my writing is always like 15 minutes on, 15 minutes off. And it's okay. like built in like you can do this thing that you want to do after 15 minutes kind of. I'm super lazy or hyper focused. Yeah. That's me. So like I will sit down and literally write for eight hours and like leave smelling like a sandwich and like look crazy. But like I will in the effort to like, yeah, I'm very like. Yeah. Sometimes if I have a script due, I'll take like an Adderall or something and do that. Oh, you do a little Adderall moment. Yeah. If I have a script due, I'll do that. But uh, without it, I can't do long stretches. I find that it's I when I write on Adderall, it comes out reading like a crack diary. Really? Yeah. Like I I just think I'm like the jokes don't have as much value because I'm just all I'm trying to do is be like, get it over with, get it over with. Like next thing, next thing, next thing. Oh, I want to go clean my whole apartment. Like that's what I feel like I'm on when I'm on Adderall. I get that. I almost the only times I usually do it is when I'm trying to plow through a first draft. 
So yeah. it doesn't matter as much if the jokes aren't great. It's just like it's so much easier to rewrite. So it's just That's trying to smart. finish a draft. An Adderall for a vomit draft is smart. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I also don't know if you're depressed, suffer from depression. No. I love Wellbutrin because it more focuses on your well-being. So yeah. like I went through like a little bout of depression and instantly found when I started Wellbutrin that I was just reaching for my computer more. Yeah. And like, oh, okay, I, I should go write this. I should work on that. And like that was a huge deal for me. So if you are anywhere out there suffering from productivity issues, maybe Wellbutrin's an answer for you. Consult a physician. <laughs> uh, may, you know, don't take Adderall unless you're prescribed to it. Right? No drugs. Um, Okay. I hope you figure it out, Pete. I feel bad about this situation, but I'm not really sure what we can do. All right, you guys. That was episode 39 of Please Advise. Guy, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Guy under Kaiser, and that's it. You're not on no Insta for you? No, no Instagram. I can't. uh, It was so hard to get followers on Twitter, and I can't imagine starting over again at zero. You do have quite the Twitter following, though. What was your big, like, you have a pretty large audience, but was your um, larger than the average bear? Yeah. What was your breakthrough Twitter moment? Uh, I just, there were a couple of people like Patton Oswalt started retweeting me. That was my fucking Patton Oswalt retweeted me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly it. He's, uh, He's like the version of what you should do when you get to that level of like yeah. trying to bring other people up too. And I, he's just you wonderful. You have to, yeah. yes. That's yeah, there's I, nothing worse than people who, like there are a lot of people on Twitter who have a lot of followers who never retweet success people. Success hoarders. And that's how they got followers was other people retweeting them and they never yeah. pay it forward. No, I, I think, yeah, like people who are like the success is mine. Like yeah. that's weird. Those are like the Republicans me. of Twitter. It's very weird. Exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Uh, you guys can call us, send us your updates and your questions. 323-450-7408. Email us at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. Follow us all over social. We're on Twitter, Instagram, just Facebook. Just Google it. You'll find us. We're on soundcloud.com slash please advise. You guys can also follow us on iTunes, please subscribe get those numbers up also please i think we're getting kind of close with the nature box thing someone was very smart to tweet directly at nature box i will never subscribe to you until you sponsor please advise and nature box wrote back thank you we're gonna pass this on to our marketing team so if we could get some direct tweets to nature box just saying like malls really deserves that sriracha cashew money she has Healthy men and women that listen to her podcast. A lot of gay guys, very health conscious. Like, let's just get these NatureBox subscriptions out there for my people. So just go to naturebox.com slash please advise. You're going to get a 404 error, but I assume that someone at NatureBox is monitoring where all these hits are coming. Someone told me that they refreshed the page 100 times in one day. So that's not being lost on the IT staff. Someone's going, hmm, what is this pl- slash please advise thing? So then you couple that with the tweets, the harassing tweets, and we might just get somewhere. I'm not going to reach out to NatureBox directly. I have too much pride for that. Sure. So I'm just going to use you. Hashtag Malls Army. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Guy, do you have a piece of free advice for our listeners? Oh, what was it? <laughs> oh, like oh. people who can't. Oh, we were talking. People were talking, we were talking about the evolution of language and like vocal fry and grammar Nazis. And what what do you think about that? Yeah. The, uh, uh, people who make a point of, uh, like there's a, the very tired 
comedy thing of like how crazy black names are. And it's just like names evolve. It's an insane thing to focus on. It's like there were 10 names and then there were a hundred and now there are a thousand. And like, that's not like a weird cultural thing. That's just progress. And it's the same thing with like grammar Nazis. It's like, who cares if you are leaving a preposition in the wrong place or something? It's just language evolves. And the way people who talk correctly now talk is going to seem insane in 200 years. So why fight for it? It's like, it's the, it's, the vocal fry stuff that's been coming out, there was a story in This American Life, there was a piece in The Times, and uh, I was indirectly impl- implicated. They targeted Zoe, my business partner, in the particular article saying that she is like the queen of vocal fry. I felt directly sort of implied there because we started this website together. I also, I invented vocal fry. <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. I invented it. So... um I just feel that like you're Andy Rooney or something. Like you're just not like your opinion is coming from such a carmudgeon old school place that like if I ever get to that point, sometimes I look at the kids, the quote unquote, the sure. kids, and I'm like, what is this One Direction shit? These guys aren't cute. Who? Niall? That's not even a real name. <laughs> Everything is on fleek now. Yeah, on, on fleek. Exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I realize that that's what I'm doing and I could at least be ahead of myself in that sense. I never, If I ever get to the point where I'm like dissing what is clearly a major cultural movement and a, a societal change, please kill me. Yeah. Gun my, I actually wouldn't mind if you just killed me now, but I plead, but maybe don't. Maybe just if I start to become that, definitely go for it. Yeah. I'll give you my address in, in, on the pod when I start to be like that. All right. Guys, thanks so much for listening to episode 39. Guy, you were a delight. I'm so glad this worked Thank out. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. You guys, just cold DM single married or married straight guys just cold dm married straight guys that's the best way to find them i find yeah for this pod and your advice was really valuable especially on that divorce call thank you thank you so much um talk to you guys soon